Welcome in to the New Orleans Saints podcast, hosted by Aaron Summers and John DeShazer. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers who cover the team on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your hosts, Aaron Summers and John DeShazer. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'm Aaron Summers. The Saints were back in the building today after a 33-28 loss to the Lions Sunday. Head coach Dennis Allen said it came down to the 21-0 hole they got themselves into during the first quarter. I think each game's been different. I mean, if you look at this, you know, game, um, you know, obviously we we had the long run by uh, Gibbs. Uh, which was a big, you know, a big play on the first series. I thought we had an opportunity to potentially get him off the field on the first third down of the game. We didn't do it, you know, so that was a was a big play in the game, um, you know. And then your second possession, you know, they're taking the ball over on whatever it was, an 18-yard line or something like that. So um, that's that's how this game played out. I thought our guys settled down and played much better after that, and certainly. You know, we know that we've got to we got to be able to start faster. There were some encouraging things in the game that I felt like looked more like uh, I think we're capable of playing defense against a, a really good offense. So, um, yeah, we look we we we, we spotted a, a really good team, 21 points, um, battled ourselves back into the game and, and weren't able to finish it. Despite that 21-0 deficit, the Saints rallied, outscoring the Lions 28-12 over the next three quarters. However, it wasn't quite enough. There were several positives to come out of the performance. The team's fight to get back in the game, going a perfect 4-4 four four in the red zone, tight end Jimmy Graham getting his second touchdown of the season, and running back Alvin Kamara breaking the franchise record for rushing touchdowns with his 53rd. Look, I think Alvin's been playing exceptionally well. Um, I think he's been running the ball really hard. Um, I think he's, you know, been giving us some some stuff in the in the passing game. Some of the things he's been able to do out of the backfield. Obviously, you know, he had the screen the other day. So, uh, I think I think Alvin's playing at a at a at a really high level, um, and and he's somebody that you know he he's a playmaker for us, and we've got to continue to find ways to get him the ball. And I think we've done a better job of doing that this year. There are a few injuries to follow up on as the week goes on. Quarterback Derek Carr went out of the game with what they called then a concussion shoulder back injury. However, head coach Dennis Allen said today that it is a rib injury that they are looking at, not shoulder, not back, and then he is in the concussion protocol. Defensive tackle Malcolm Roach suffered a knee injury that head coach Dennis Allen said may require surgery. They're just not quite sure about that yet. But there are some other players who were out in that game that could be making their way back. So that's something that we'll continue to follow up on as the week goes on. The main thing is we got to focus on the fact that the Saints sitting at five and seven are not out of it yet. They are still within reach of the NFC South title, but the time to start stacking those wins is now. For another perspective on the Saints season and where they can go from here, John Hendricks, Saints lead writer and reporter for Saints News, for Fan Nation at SI.com, and video host for Boot Crew Media, joins John Shazer and myself now. John, thank you so much for joining JD and myself on the Saints podcast today. How are you doing? I'm doing well, just enjoying some of this weather and, you know, look, 
Christmas is right around the corner. Thanksgiving passed. Good Thanksgiving. And so all things considered, really excited about, you know, this last push of the Saints regular season. It does seem like the Saints have been in this position before after taking the loss to the Lions. They're now five and seven on the season, but they're not out of it yet. They're still right there in the race for the NFC South. John, I know you've kind of related this team to some of the past few seasons that they've had, but where do you think that they are right now? Yeah, look, I mean, only the Panthers are eliminated from playoffs and this NFC South division, you know, unfortunately is kind of bringing up the rear in the NFL, but the Saints are very much alive here and still a, a crack at this, right? And so you got the Panthers coming up, you've got the Giants coming up. And so this is kind of a similar territory where the 2021 squad was in. So they were five and seven Jets on the road and then they had the Bucks on the road and then it set up a that COVID game where Ian Book started against the Dolphins. It didn't go their way, but they were able to finish nine and eight despite being at five and seven. So look, there's a chance for this team. There's a lot to figure out. I think there were some things that uh, obviously weren't that great in, in the game, but I think they battled really hard yesterday after getting into a 21 nothing hole and, you know, they made it interesting. That's for sure. I think that that was the most impressive part of it because we are all in that stadium 21-0 with eight minutes left to go in the first quarter it, it wasn't the best feeling I don't think and the fans obviously voiced that as well but for the team to come together and rally the way that they did nearly make the comeback what does that say about where this team is at you know within the locker room yeah, look, there is no quit in this team and they want to win, you know, make no mistake about it. And just talking to these players day in, day out and just talking, getting a pulse of them. They want to win. They want to get this thing done. And I know a lot of them are tired of losing. And I get that. It's been this kind of way for a few years now. It's wearing on guys like Alvin and, and just some of the Cesar Ruiz guys who's been here. And, and, you know, they just want to make it right. And they're doing everything they can. It's just another one score game that they've lost. And, and you know, those are tough to, to deal with because, you look at how this course of this season is gone, which nobody thought this was what it was going to be like, but, you know, they could be a lot better than what they are. And, you know, maybe they could be a little bit worse, but I, I think it says this team, no quit in them. A lot of these veterans are stepping up to the table. You see, you know, when guys like Tyron and Malcolm Roach talking a little bit, you know, they have a special place in their heart for Saint. And so, uh, you know, they're still battling. They're still going to come in and put their best foot forward. They don't want to come in here and just say, well, we just kind of give up and stay defeated. And that's kind of what happened yesterday is they could have, you know, rolled over and played dead or fight back and they fought back. Yeah. I think you, you sense the frustration, obviously. And, and and one of the things you mentioned, John, yeah, they're in third place, but everything remains in their hands. As hard as that is to believe the two teams in front of them in the division, uh, they play them. So, you know, physician heal thyself. You win your games and, you know, you kind of take care of everything on your own. But, you know, John, what was one of the things that I guess that has, I guess, kind of been shocking about this team as of late? Because I, I know the thing for me is, has been that, you know, the defense was going to be the bell cow of this team. And it really has not been for the last five, six games. And, yeah, they've been able to kind of put their foot in the ground and, and get a stop you know, for the second half or for the, you know, yesterday it was basically for three and a half quarters, but it hadn't been soon enough. Yeah. Look, I, I think that's part of it. I think the red zone issues prior to yesterday were the, the inconsistencies 
the inability to play complementary football. I think those are two biggest things that I, I think I've been more surprised about this season is just you see the offense hit a stride and in, in the in the middle part of the season where the defense was carrying them the first part of the season and then just seeing the slow starts. You know, I think that's been really surprising because you're right. This has been the bread and butter team for a while. Um, you know, the way the defense has been playing and just to be get off to these slow starts and then have to play come from behind football and you got offensive drives where you're going three and out and you just gave up a 10 play drive and you have to go back out on the field and play another 10 play drive I mean that obviously wears on you so uh, between the red zones and just uh, the inconsistency inconsistencies and uh, inability to find that complimentary football I think that's just really what's been so surprising to me with a, a veteran makeup of a team for sure what did you think about Derek Carr from from yesterday's game against the Lions I mean I, I, I thought he showed some resilience. I mean, he didn't start the way he wanted to, obviously. He had to have heard the booze. You, you know, unless you're deaf, you heard him. And and but he responded fairly well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it it went as bad as I, I could ever imagine. I, I hadn't seen that bad of a start probably in about eight or nine years, eight or nine seasons for this team. And you know, look, again, it was it was tough. You, you see some things missing guys potentially and just taking uh, getting hurried throws, the interception and such. But Man, he came back and he was pretty much on fire. I mean, he did some good things in the pocket, stepped up, found Chris Olave, was able to move the ball. I mean, finding Jimmy Graham in the red zone, just doing the things that, that obviously work and keep things aligned. I mean, you were looking at some of these drives where, you know, they were facing a third and 17 at one point, a third and nine, and, and Carr was able to do some kind of ad living to be able to extend the play and find his guys. And so, look, I think it was encouraging to see him play that way. And, and of course, you could sit here and say, man, the booze don't get on to you. And, and it was a lot of blue in the stands yesterday in the Superdome. And so to be able to, to still navigate that and kind of hit a stride there before, you know, obviously getting hurt. I think it says a lot about his, 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 uh, you know, work ethic and just kind of the way he comes in here every day and is going to keep going until he can't go anymore. Yeah. It's kind of concerning because, you know, that's the second concussion in three, three games and, you know, the injuries seem to be piling up with ribs now and, you know, back yesterday and all those things and, you know, shoulder again. So, you know, it's really kind of the, the pounding is piling up on him a little bit. Um, but Chris Olave is a guy who, you know, was in concussion protocol last week and then all of a sudden he plays Sunday. Not all of a sudden he came out of concussion protocol, obviously, <laughs> but played and played well. Um, he has re he's rebounded from from a, a rough stretch, like in the middle of the season where, you know, it just seemed like, I don't know if it was bad luck or, you know, what was going on with him, but obviously he snapped out of it. What has his performance been like the last few weeks? Yeah, look, he admitted it. He was in a funk and everything. And, and I mean, he really turned it around. And I think that Minnesota game was probably one of the biggest turning points for him. You had that really spectacular catch. And he's just been a guy that's been open and is doing the things he, you know, I remember talking to Cody Burns uh, in the locker room and he was telling me one day that, you know, look, he talked to Chris Obviously, the things were going on with him. He still encouraged him. He said, look, there's going to be one day where we're going to need you as this number one wide receiver. And he has all the confidence in the world in him. And I think you're seeing that confidence play out, that he's a guy that is able to, to do so many things. And, and the same thing he did as a rookie. And so, look, he found everything he needed and then some. And, you know, look, he's the guy that we saw last year, saw at the beginning of the season. You can feed him a lot of the football and he's going to just do so many good things for you. And so, again, you look at where he was kind of in that October and that slump period. And, you know, you want to be playing your best football when you're getting into December and, and obviously hopefully January for this team. But, you know, I think a lot of a prime shining example of that. 
It says a lot because Alave was obviously their primary target of the defense without Michael Thomas in there, without Rashid Shahid in there. And then he was still able to come out very successful in yesterday's game. Somebody else who got back into the end zone for a, the 53rd time in his career has now broken the record for the Saints and Alvin Kamara. What have you liked about what he, he's been able to do just over his entire time here with the Saints? I, I don't know many things I don't like about what Alvin has done. He's just been doing a little bit of everything. Um, it's just anytime you need to move the football, you need to get some something going. I mean, you can feed him in the run department, the passing department. He just has those plays, that excitement that just turns it on and, and just makes you think, man, you know, this should have been a small, minimal gain. Alvin turns it into a nine, 10 yard game. He's just got that element that's just so exciting to watch. And, you know, it was uh, a little bit anticlimactic because he had the record, they reviewed it, and then they took it away, and then and Taysom gets a touchdown, and then he's able to get another chance and crack at it to be able to, to go and pull in front of Mark Ingram, and, you know, Mark had congratulatory, congratulatory things to say on social media, but, man, he's just been an exciting pr- player to watch since he got into the league in 2017, just been something special just every single year, whether it's bouncing off of defenders, just breaking the first or second tackle. I, I think one of the biggest things that stood out to me for him is in 2020 in that COVID year when he's playing against the Packers, he just broke all those tackles. Eric McCoy out in front of him gets into the end zone. I mean, that's just vintage that in the Minnesota game uh, on Christmas where he got all those touchdowns. So special guy, special talent. And he's one of those that, you know, I don't know what this offense would be without Alvin Mm -hmm. Kamara in the mix. He's just, just a special kind of one-on-one type breed. Six touchdowns, I think it was that Christmas day. So that's, that's yeah, mm. very impressive. He's been somebody that they've always been able to rely on. But Taysom Hill has also been somebody that, yeah, you give him the ball on the goal line and you know that you're going to get in. His usage has you know changed year to year. This season, what have you seen from him and and how they've been playing him in and out at that quarterback position? Yeah, look, it, it confuses defenses, right? And even though you know it's coming, I mean, it's still tough to stop. And, you know, there's been some plays where they defenders get the best of them. You know, Lions did a pretty decent job at some points. The Falcons did a decent job the week before. And, you know, but overall, when you see Taysom coming to the game, it brings that element of surprise where it's, it's also unpredictable, too, because there's a time where he's – Using that to his advantage, going off play action, if it, it could have hit Chris Olave on one of those passes, and you know it didn't connect, but those are things that could connect in the future, could come back to it because it's not like they're just going to do it one time. But when you establish the run and you get that offensive line, I think that you know one of the focal points that we really just haven't talked a lot about that they've been so much better than they were at the start of the year. Um, you know, you get them blocking, you get guys like Foster getting doing his thing bringing the jumbo set with Landon Young you know even rolling that that excellent goal line package with uh, Colin Saunders I mean there's just so many good things that happen but Taysom's a guy that just does everything that's asked of him and then some he wants to ball he wants to play he made a special teams tackle yesterday I mean he's still the do-it-all guy the Swiss Army knife that this team you know really gets a jolt from yeah, I mean, he was in as a returner yesterday without Rashid Shahid in mm-hmm. the game. So, yeah, he's doing a little bit of everything. One area that vastly improved in yesterday's game was the red zone. Obviously, they go four of four. It was something that was a huge focus going into this this week. We talked about it every day at practice. And then to see it actually play out in the Saints' favor on Sunday, I mean, that has to give you 
you know, some reassurance that they can figure this out, that they can get the win streak going that they need to. Yeah, look, I think that was overshadowed by obviously the losses that you go four for four in the red zone. And, you know, you've had your fair share of struggles coming into yesterday. They were 29th in the league, only a few teams that were worse off than them. But going four for four again, like I was saying earlier, you want to be playing your best ball in December, you know, hopefully setting up that playoff run for them. And, you know, they're going to need the red zone to, to click for them. And you've got, again, the Panthers and the Giants and you've got you know, three big, big games with, with the Bucks, the Rams and, and the Falcons as well. And so you got to have the red zone going because, you know, Alvin said it best the other week. It, you love groupie, but you don't want three. You want seven. Right. And so I think the red zone, it's been a struggle, something. But again, you're finding the success in, in against a very strong defense. I mean, make no mistake about it. Detroit has a exceptional team. And so I think that's a big thing. They put the extra emphasis and practice on the red zone. And it's good to see that you have those types of things pay off for you in a game, even though it didn't totally go the right way you wanted it to. Sure. You guys have both covered the saints for a long time. JD, when you look at that saints defense, you brought it up earlier. How do they get it figured out earlier in the game? Because in talking to head coach Dennis Allen today, he said it's been different things each game that have gotten them. Well, I think one of the main things he keeps mentioning is, is missed tackles. And I mean, if you can't tackle clean on defense, then everything else goes out out the window. I mean, you, if you if you can't get a guy on the ground when you get to him, then everything else, nothing else matters. And but they've got to be able to to scheme a little bit better. I thought I, I think they might need to take a few more chances early in the game, not necessarily feel out like what the offense is doing, but be a little bit more aggressive in terms of trying to impose your will because, you know, the feeling out process has not been beneficial for these last 6 7 games and, you know, this team unfortunately doesn't seem to be built to come from behind uh you get behind on on offense and now you're digging out of a hole and the defense again plays well for the last three quarters last two quarters really plays standout football but the gap you have in the beginning of the game it's difficult for this team to overcome right now and yesterday 21 nothing became almost impossible to overcome so you mm -hmm. can't continue to do the same things and expect different results. You might have to do something a little bit different because like I said, you know, the feeling out process is not going well right now. If it takes getting off blocks better, obviously you'd like to be able to do that. It needs to take pressuring the quarterback. I don't think they, they got Jared Goff on the ground one time yesterday, but didn't force him into any errors. And that's the thing that the saints have been missing lately is getting the quarterbacks, getting them on the ground, forcing them into turnovers. Jared Goff, was not the mobile guy that they had seen previously. And unfortunately they weren't able to kind of force his hand a little bit more. So, you know, that's something they got to be able to do. And hopefully you can do that with Carolina. They were able to do that with Bryce Young at Carolina. Maybe they can do that with Bryce Young here in New Orleans, but they've got to be able to pressure the quarterback. They got to be able to make tackle tackles in open spaces. They've got to be able to get off blocks. All those things that seem to be pretty fundamental are the things that the Saints haven't been doing lately. Yeah, they've said that the sacks number, the sack number being lower is because they're trying to be more aggressive in different areas. Only one sack yesterday was Sack Bond getting his first career sack. No takeaways, though. So, John, in a game that came down to the other team has two, ended up scoring touchdowns on both of those turnovers. And then the Saints didn't force any. How much is was that just what the game came down to? Yeah, look, you need a stop. You need a big play. And, 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 you know, I know Cam Jordan's a guy that always talks about putting it on the defense. Let us make a big play. And, you know, just 
just wasn't there yesterday. And if they made that stop, it would have certainly been interesting. They had a chance. And even when they didn't make that stop, they had another opportunity to do it. And so those are types of things, you know, Sam Laporta, hats off to him. He had a, a heck of a game than just what he did against that secondary. I mean, they did a really good job against Amon Ross St. Brown overall in the day. But, you know, for a guy like Sam Laporta, he definitely was able to exploit a few things. But when you come down, when it comes down to it and you need to stop, the defense has got to be able to generate pressure or you know sack something that's going to rattle the quarterback because when you get him off the game I mean you know JD alluded to it that good things can happen and that's where the Saints kind of work the best and so they've got to figure this out and the biggest thing is I, I think we've yet to see this team play a full 60 minute game it's just you've seen semblances of, of both one of them you know maybe it's 40 minutes or 30 minutes here or 45 minutes but you got to put together a, a full 60 minutes for this team and and so Hopefully when it matters over these final five games that you can see a lot more turnovers, a lot of things that are, are just changed for this team because they need it in the worst way possible. Looking at the next opponent, it is the Carolina Panthers. They've won one game. They're already eliminated. How do you get up for this game and make sure that you are as focused and detailed as you need to be in order to secure that win? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that, you know, Dennis Allen said it today that the message is we got to go one and one oh this week. And, you know, that's the main thing is you got to stick to that and say, okay, it's five and seven. We still have a chance here. And, and look, you look at the NFC, the two last teams in the wild card spot are six and six. Now, you mm -hmm. know, that's still an opportunity for you to even get a wild card. But, you know, I remember Dennis Allen talking about it and back at the end of November saying they're not relying on anybody to do their jobs. They're relying on themselves within the building to get this done. Keep chopping the wood. They feel like they're going to break through. The biggest thing is that, you know, the sense of urgency has never been higher for this team. And so I think when you look at the player's perspective, you got to make sure that, hey, we still have a chance. We're not eliminated until we're eliminated. We can still get the division. We can still make a thing of this. And if they win five games and get to 10 and seven, you know, that's that's probably good enough for at least a wild card if it doesn't take down the division. But it starts against Carolina. They have to put their best foot forward. I don't care who the opponent is. You got to show up, play your brand of football in the Superdome, get back to, to what made this team so good in the first part of the season, and then just be able to execute. And that's all you can ask for. Get one win, then get another win. Start trying to stack them up. That's the best way they can get back into this thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be interesting. We don't know who the quarterback will be necessarily as Derek Carr has sustained some injuries. Jameis Winston would be ready to step in if need be. A couple other players that have been injured, but of course, as always, we're going to need the fans behind us in this one. John, thank you so much for joining us on the New Orleans Saints podcast, and I'm sure we'll be seeing you this week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate you. All the best. Thanks, John. Really appreciate John coming on with us. As he mentioned, postseason is still within reach and we have the Carolina Panthers next. The Panthers are the first team that has been officially eliminated from playoff contention after a 1-11 start. So don't worry, we will have you covered with everything you need to know this week at NewOrleansSaints.com. Practices start back up on Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We will have player sound, availability, and practice reports, as well as two more podcasts this week. Thanks so much for joining me for this one. I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast.